Joining us right now, sideline reporter for the Sacramento Kings, but, but really, let's be honest, concourse reporter for the Sacramento Kings. And 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 really, that's just like saying uh, we're DJs. It's so much more. She uh, analyst for the Sacramento Kings, also concourse reporter. <laughs> I think analysts should go first. Don't ever call me just a DJ. I oh, am I, a curator of a musical experience that will be the soundtrack of your life. Thank you. She may not... Uh, she may not have all the control of the bladder that we all strive for, but she's number one in our hearts and uh, a damn fine basketball mind, Katie Hunter. See, I got it right. Hello, Katie. You got it right this time. I did. I, did. I actually wrote it down. Wow, I'm sorry. I didn't even have to tell you. It's no offense to you. It's no offense to your lovely and talented husband. It's no offense to your. It's just I. You know, I still have trouble with David and Derek Carr. I've known you as Katie Christensen my whole life. So I, it, it's it's not <laughs> like I'm making a statement or anything. Just saying. You're just kind of dumb. That's all. Good morning, Mama. How much have you mom today? Is, have you, what, what time did you get up? It, I used it used to be with Katie, especially on game days. You know, 10 a.m. maybe. On occasion. That's so not true. You weren't as early a riser um, as you are I've, now. I've been momming for a, a good hour and a half already. So we've got breakfast uh, on the table, and she's got Masha and the bear on, and therefore now I have the ability to talk to you for, you know, just a little bit. <laughs> Do um, Is there any chance at any point you'd like to exchange a a a French bulldog puppy for your daughter? Maybe we can just kind of – and I feel like it's about the same thing. It's like we had a new baby at the house. Yeah. How is that puppy working out for you, Dave? It sucks. It sucks. Sorry. Yeah, that, well, that's that's kind of how it goes with I didn't, the, the puppies. But. I didn't want it. It's Melissa. They bring in a oh. new puppy it's, uh, every happy, morning. Happy wife, happy life, my friend. Nah, it just it more like not depressed wife, happy life. Like, it just every morning, four a.m. I'm taking the puppy downstairs. I got to look out for pee spots everywhere. Crapped on the carpet the other day. I mean, at least kids wore diapers. I can't put a diaper on this thing. <laughs> I mean, can I actually? Now that I think about it, they have doggy a, diapers. Do they? Mm-hmm. Could I put well, a diaper? On? We're starting. Yeah. We're starting the whole big girl underwear thing. So, so is Dave. Do you have this? Is supposed to be King Stock. Do you have um, when when Avery and then Mason would um, would we were teaching them how to sit on the potty? Um, we would we came up with a song, and when they would sit on the potty, we would go pee pee on the potty. You will get a cookie. And then I never thought <laughs> I'd ever in my life be so just so overwhelmed with joy and excitement to see a, a small human make a turd. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm wondering, like, do you have encouragements? Do you, did you ever think you'd freak out with joy to watch a tiny human relieve themselves? Well, I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> when, when you become a parent, no one tells you that what you worry about all the time is how much they've eaten and if they've gone poop. <laughs> right. Uh, so, <laughs> that's so like true. the majority of your worries, right? Right, like, right. What have they eaten today and have they gone number two? Um, so we don't have like an encouragement song. Maybe that's a good idea. Yeah. But she likes to say bye to things. So she'll stand up and go, bye, bye, potty. Ah, bye-bye. Okay. Yeah, so it's like a very... Um, that's her thing to do. So, and we, she's not good with bribes. Like, she's apparently too smart for that. 
so we can't really bribe her with cookies and those sorts of things. So, Is there any way we could bribe the Kings to play defense? Maybe. Uh, yeah, hey. I was wondering right. how you are yeah. going to transition. I'm well thinking, done, my friend. I'm thinking maybe if we said, if you block the shot, you will get a cookie or something that they want. <laughs> and then maybe we well, could have. Sean Halls would have a lot of cookies after that last game. Six blocks. Katie, you played uh, professional yeah. basketball. Tell me, why is it? that this team and and let's acknowledge a lot of things here the kings have sucked for a long time everybody's tired about them being a year away from being a year away it sounds like a broken record every year let's just acknowledge all that now why is it that they can go out against portland and toronto and just completely roll over and show like no pride completely soft they got dominated and slapped in their own house and then they turn around against maybe the most physical team in the NBA in Indiana. They get they they start out turning the ball over first possession for a dunk six nothing to, to from the jump for Indiana. They 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 go out to that little mini run, and the next thing you know, it's back and forth. Uh, it's a good, hard, well played game. Everybody contributed. What? Why? If you're Luke Walton, if you're that coaching staff, if you're the players, Katie, why can't they just get that type of effort every night? Why is it rocket science? Yeah, you know, it's um the interesting thing about it is is, you know, I get a lot of, you know, chatter on social media during the course of a game and how my night goes is 100% how the Kings are playing. So it can be a good night yep. or a bad night. And the crazy thing is like when it's a good night, like how awesome this team is and when it's a bad night, how just horrible and dismal and you know, all of these things. And so yeah, I get a lot of like how come Luke Walton can't motivate this team? It, that is one thing. Yeah. And I talked about it on the show the other day. I want to say after the Portland loss um, a couple games ago, these guys are professionals. If it takes a coach or a coaching staff to be your sole source of motivation, then you're in big trouble. That is not what professional sports is. That's not what the problem is with this team. Um, I, I think that everyone kind of scratches their head when they go kind of, you know, they start well, they struggle. Then, it, you know, it started with the Golden State loss, really. Or even you could go back to the second half um, of the second game in, in Houston, which was on January 2nd, um, where they scored just 30 points in the second half. It's like, oh, my gosh, like, okay, this is going to happen occasionally. That's just, you know, how things work. But they've got Golden State. Let's see how they recover. And then Golden State was just a, a brutal game, and that was the first time this season that it was, you know, like, what? What just happened? This isn't what we've been seeing. And then you kind of get a little shell-shocked when it happens um, two games later, again against Toronto, and then, Portland and it's like oh no here we go again right but I think that a lot of this has to do with you know the dynamics of this team there are a lot of young guys on this team that they rely on um, there is a new um, kind of defensive coach which is you know Rex Kalamian you've got Alvin Gentry in there that is you know helping make some changes to the offense and it's like okay well in the beginning they looked great because guess what they were just coming off of you know, the preseason and training camp and having more practice time. And then as practice time decreases, they start playing worse. They're not a good enough team and they're not an experienced enough team, in my opinion, um, to be able to, to not have that practice time and not have, as Luke Walton puts it, slippage, right? Um, but it was really promising to me how they came out 
in this last game and how De'Aaron Fox kind of set the tone against the Pacers. So the the thing is, is that you need him to do that every night. And I will say, we haven't, I don't think you can talk enough about how, <clears throat> excuse me, how Harrison Barnes is playing right now. Right. Uh, we, we, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, Bagley and if it's good or if it's bad and De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton, but my goodness, um, Harrison Barnes has been consistently from the start of the season just playing extremely well and doing it in whatever way they need. Um, so it, it has to come from guys like Harrison that's experienced that just whatever this game requires, he's going to do it. And from guys like De'Aaron from the beginning setting the tone and picking up full court and, and just kind of if your star can do it, that's kind of what carries the rest of the team. Um, but I hate to break it to you (laughs) how this NBA works and they had three games in four days and there is going to be some slippage. It's about how they recover. And it was promising to me how they recovered against the Pacers. Katie, I want to go back to what you were saying about Harrison Barnes, because I agree. And uh, me and Dave have talked about this where you can make an argument. He's been the Kings best player this year. What are you seeing different in his game this year than in the previous seasons? That's kind of elevated him through these first 11 games. Yeah, I think it sounds crazy. I think it's just desire, to be honest, because, you know, Harrison is the consummate professional and he truly wants this team to do well. He truly wants them to reach their potential. And he, to me, is he's a leader on this team. You don't see it a lot on the floor, like a vocal leader. Like I always liken it to Draymond Green yelling at Kevin Durant. You know what I mean? Like we all have that image in our brain of, oh my God, he just got in Kevin Durant's drawers and told him what's up. Like every team needs a leader like that. Well, Harrison's not that type of a leader. He does it behind closed doors. After they had that rough game a couple games back, he spoke to the team in the locker room and had some things to say. So to me, I think that he's a more of a lead by example guy on the floor. And that's, what he's been doing the beginning of this season is just desperately trying to lead by example to do. He brings something different every game. He's been, he shoot Luke Walton had him playing at the five the other day. You know what I mean? So he's playing three, four, five, defending multiple positions, having to do different things on offense, depending on what, you know, kind of who he's matched up against. And so uh, he's always been an extremely steady player to me, but he's got, the skill set to do like anything that needs to be done. And that changes every game. One game he had eight assists. Uh, I, I think he followed it up by another eight assist game. You know, that's not a typical Harrison Barnes game. So he's just kind of attacking from everywhere. He's, you know, playing from the perimeter. He's putting the ball on the floor. He's posting people up inside and he's playing defense. I, I did, I had them clip um, a few plays the other game, um, when he started out super well and it's like, wow, he's got 28 points going into the fourth quarter and no one's talking about his defense. He just does everything on the floor. So I I don't think you can praise him enough for how he's played this season. By the way, breaking news, Atlanta Phoenix has been postponed tonight. So, Oh my goodness. Right. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to say. Right. You know what's crazy about this, and I this is really hard to talk about on the broadcast because of the amount of time that I I have to kind of get things across. Um, 
it was a few games ago when this all started coming down where you started um, where you had Seth Curry test positive and it blew my mind that he was on the bench through the first quarter of that Philly Nets game and he wasn't playing. He was out with an ankle injury, but they pull him in the first quarter because he tested positive. Jonas Valanciunas got pulled after halftime. Same thing. He got pulled at halftime that, uh, that same day. And I'm sitting here going, how is that even possible? Remember last year when the Pelicans-Kings game got day. postponed? Remember when the Pelicans-Kings game got postponed last year because a ref had refed in another game where somebody else had coronavirus, and they were like, ah, oh, that's that's too close. That, Shut it down. But, but that's the, So this is the, the mind-blowing thing to me about it. Now, now that we know a lot of things about coronavirus, which in March when the league shut down, we didn't have a full understanding of it. Well, the league has put all this science and data behind it and protocols in place and and the rapid testing, the daily testing for the players is one of those things. So I, I don't under, like I had to go um, before our, our Pacers game. I had to get a rapid test. And that's the first time since coronavirus hit in March that I personally have had to be tested. Did you have to get the and one that, that hit your brain or just the cheek swab? It was the one that hit your brain oh. but honestly it wasn't that bad because you know i don't i think they've kind of improved it a little bit but you know you get your results in 30 minutes mm-hmm. but you know i i had worked with jim cosimore the the week before and he did a college game where his analyst tested positive and this is how it happens right so i had to go get the test i got mine within 30 minutes i don't understand how a player is on a bench during a game and being pulled because they tested positive. They should know that before they're even there. And so when all of that stuff started to hit, I was like, this is not going to be pretty. We're about, it's about to get really ugly in the league. And what are they going to do as you've got teams that, you know, don't have enough players or postponing games? Like, how far are they going to take this before they say, hey, maybe we need a pause and play? And from everything that we're reading and being told by the league, they're not at all considering a pause in play. Um, because I think the fact that the Olympics are coming up in July has a huge part of yeah. their, you know, lack of desire to stop the season because they've got to finish by then. It's about money and ratings and all of these things. But then I think, Dave, about guys like Carl Anthony Towns, who lost his mom and another family member to COVID. And then you sit here and you're, you're like, okay, so we're playing games now and multiple people are testing. And part of the new protocols that came out yesterday is now, like now they're, they're trying to limit what players can do in their home market away from the team. It's like, well, why wasn't that happening in the first place? Now they're going to start testing, you know, people in the household of the players a couple times a week. Well, why wasn't that happening before? Um, so I just, I'm scratching my head going, how far are they going to take this and how important is it for the, for the business side of things versus, I don't know, the human side of things. Katie Christensen Hunter joining us right now, uh, concourse reporter for the Sacramento Kings. Katie, um, I asked you a question at, well, when we got past all the, you know, potty training stuff. I, I, yeah. I, I asked you about the Jekyll and Heidiness of this team, how they can just roll over to Toronto and um and, and Portland and then be so full of uh effort and success, uh but really effort uh against Indiana 
And you mm-hmm. gave a very good answer, talking about how you know it's not incumbent upon Luke and uh, their professionals. But I want to revisit that question because I didn't get the answer I wanted. Because I'm asking you as an ex-pro here. You've played the game. You've been in the locker rooms. Mm-hmm. Why can't they just be consistent? Why is it hard? I'm not talking about why can't they shoot 60% from the field. I'm not talking about why can't they make free throws. I'm not talking about uh, why can't they block shots. I'm not talking about execution. I'm talking about over the weekend, the team rolled over. They rolled over and got punked on their home floor twice in a row. And then against Mm -hmm. Indiana, they showed up and they kicked ass. Wins and losses aside, why is it such a challenge for grown men being paid millions of dollars who have a ton of pride and a ton of ego? What What is the challenge in saying, hey, listen, win or lose, block shot or no block shot, made shot or no made shot, at least leave it all on the court every night? What is the, Is that maturity? What is that? You know what? Um, this is just my opinion and, and having been kind of on the other side and, and the one in the uniform and playing in these situations. The Kings have been a team over the last, you know, decade that has been mediocre and they've been trying to get out of kind of the doldrums of, of missing the playoffs and being a bad team. And there's been so much turnover and change, whether it's on personnel wise on, on the court to coaching staff is, staff to front offices and all this stuff there's they they've lacked consistency throughout their organization throughout that entire time and so to me the crazy thing is you look back to last year when this team started zero and five and i thought that they were just going to roll over and die well you eventually come out of it right that you have to that's how that's how it works and you have to be able to kind of weather the rough patches but they came out really well this year and for a team that you know quite quite honestly has not been a winning team over the last several years especially with you know the the personnel that they have right now I think they got too comfortable they started well they beat Denver twice they beat them on the road Um, they played decent against the Suns who by the way are a very good team this year Um, and I I think that the problem with them is that they get comfortable and it, it it the biggest kind of proof to me that that's what the issue is is when they came out against Toronto, who was one in six at the time, obviously has been a playoff team, playoff team last year, won the title the year before. So they have that mentality and that playoff experience. Um, and they got up 19 on them in the first quarter and were playing extremely well. And then they're like, yeah, gosh, we're good. We got this. And then completely relaxed. But what you have to realize in this league is that you can't pay attention to people's records to indicate the type of game that it's going to be. It's not an automatic W in the, in the win-loss column. Um, you have to play a 48-minute game. And to me, it was just like, okay, these guys have started well this year. They've been so much better. They've looked good. Now they just think that this is who they are. But they're not. They have to – the whole thing about being a playoff team and you have to fight for consistency every single day, day every single game. You can't – ever relax and feel like now you're there, right? You have to continue to build that consistency into your DNA. And they have not done that. And they haven't they haven't done it over the last few years. It's way too early in the season to say that they've done it this year because apparently they have not. But Toronto, come on now. Like they were one in six 
they're not going to roll over and die. Like it's, it's quite the opposite. They're going to fight tooth and nail. So therefore you have to do it. So to me, Dave, the best answer I can give for that is they got too comfortable and too confident after having a good start and thought like, okay, well then we got this. Mm. And they got away from all the things that they were having success with playing defense, moving the ball, sharing the ball. There's been way too much one-on-one play way too much. And they just get so stagnant. And I, one of the things that drives me crazy um, offensively with any team, I mean, but the, every team does it, but the Kings, you know, obviously we watch them every game. Um, when they've decided they're, they're going to have like a, a two-man game, say it's Marvin Bagley and De'Aaron Fox, like this is an example. So you're going to the two-man game, everyone else is standing. Everyone else is standing. It doesn't matter in basketball, like – First of all, you have option one, two, three, four, five in an offensive set. If you're just going to option one and that's your only option or you think that's it, if you just set you know, a stagger screen away, you're going to get action. You're going to make the defense have to, to be on their toes and looking and, and reacting to what you're doing. And, oh, my gosh, you might get a better shot than option number one. And so that, to me, has been something that I've seen way too much of, way too much of.